Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Joey D's Den with your host, me, Joey D. Coming live from, of course, none other than my backyard once again. So, hope everybody is having a wonderful weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, Sunday is uh, almost over here. We're uh, almost ready for the, another work week. Again, I know uh, a lot of rain going on, lots of different places. We had some rain here down in Florida, and of course, up in the Northeast, with some relatives up in Buffalo, New York. It's been pouring, pouring and pouring and pouring, and uh, hopefully they get some relief. Christ, winter's going to be here before you know it, and I hope to, hope the God that can, uh, the weather can straighten out and give them folks some nice weather to enjoy before things turn. But either way, this is what we're going to talk about. You heard a little song there in the beginning, Loser from Three Doors Down. That was no coincidence, folks. There's a reason I played that song to start this. This episode, we are going to be talking about none other than the Buffalo Sabres. My favorite hockey team, uh, love hockey, uh, got into it when I first moved to Buffalo from Syracuse back in 1995, I believe it was. And, um, you know, the Sabres have a lot of ups and downs. Uh, when I first uh, started watching, um, didn't really know what the hell was going on. Not a big, Wasn't a big hockey guy at the time. Uh, didn't have hockey in Syracuse, at least that I had known of. And, um, yeah, man, so the Sabres, you know, a couple of years after we moved to Buffalo, obviously went to the Stanley Cup Finals, the old famous no goal, uh, which haunts uh, Western New York still to this day, uh, all these years later, 20, 20, what, three years later now. Um but yeah, so you know the Sabers that I remember, though, you know, I remember the first first couple of years in the early 2000s, and uh, they weren't very good. Um, once uh, Hashik had gotten traded out of here, things kind of fell apart, and um, you know, as to be expected, Dom Dom was Dom was you know like like no other player, you know, and uh, and it was um, you know it was a shame they came so close in '99 to win uh, win everything. Of course, uh, you know Brett Hall, you know. The fucked up call. I should have should have called that back. His foot was clearly in the crease. The rule's a rule. Don't want to get into it again now. It's been you know way too long. We're gonna focus on other stuff. Trust me, we got enough negative shit to talk about with the Sabers. We don't need to be talking about stuff that happened 23 years ago. So you know the, what I remember, of course, is the Sabers. As I was saying, you know the beginning stages. Uh, you know early 2000s. Uh, I think uh, Hatchick was out of here in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and then of course they had the lockout year in there. But you know there was some promise. They drafted a kid out of Minnesota who played in the Frozen Four, which was uh, played in Western New York. In uh, at the time, I believe it was Marine Midland uh, Arena. If I'm not mistaken, was the uh, name of the Sabres uh, home at the time. And uh, Vanek scored the game-winning goal for Minnesota, the team. Uh, Thomas Vanek, probably one of my favorite players of all time. Um, you know, I just, I grew up with him. It was kind of when I was getting into hockey. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of great things for the Sabres. You know, unfortunately, never uh, never turned into any championships. But, uh, you know, you can't blame always the player. You know, it's <clears throat> it's a team effort there, what's going on. And, uh you know, didn't uh, didn't quite make it happen, but definitely left us some great memories. Uh, I miss Thomas Vanek. Uh, he was a great player. I was kind of hoping he would come back here and play maybe one last uh, one last turn before he retired. Um, you know, he could be a good player uh, on the third line, I think, and even the fourth line. You know, could chip in some goals. Still great up uh, up in the front there. Uh, you know, uh, ahead of the uh, ahead of the goaltender. So, you know, there's Vanek. But you know, um, 2004. 
I think 2004 was the lockout year, if I'm not mistaken. The year before that, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning with Martin St. Louis and Vincent LeCavalier, you know, won the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, first time Tampa has won the Cup uh, was back then, and uh, it was a good team. You know, and then, of course, the lockout year came, and, you know, things kind of, uh, things were off for a year. It's kind of weird. You know, I think that was the first time we had ever seen that or something similar. Uh, I know, not the first time we had ever seen that. It was the first time I ever saw it. But, um, you know, we saw it happen in football back in uh, 82, I think it was. They had a strike season. Um, in fact, I think that's the Raiders. The uh, Raiders had won their second Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. But that's uh, neither here nor there. We're talking about Sabres here. And, um yeah, you know, so so lockout year ends. Sabers start off 05-06. Nobody is expecting anything from the Buffalo Sabers, anything at all. No names that kind of catch, you know, catch your name, uh, catch you off guard as far as superstar, you know. But they did make a trade. Uh, I think it was in 03 um, for Danny Briere, and uh, they eventually acquired Chris Drury as well. And you know, come to find out, those players would give us. Uh, Two absolutely magnificent years. Um, two years that I know anybody that was, you know, um, old enough to remember that era, that those couple years. Uh, man, if the Sabres have ever had a good time to win a championship, it was then. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, due to multiple different circumstances, they weren't able to pull it off. And, of course, it was extremely disappointing, but... 0506 comes out and the Sabres come out firing on all cylinders. You got players like Derek Roy, Maxima Finneganoff, Taylor Pyatt, JP Dumont, Chris Drury, Daniel Briere. All these players, Mike Greer was another one. They built this nucleus and they had a young they had young players on the team with Roy, Jason Pommaville. Um <clears throat> You know they had they had a young core, and uh, boy did they come out firing, man! And that whole year it was so exciting, like you, you couldn't even believe that it was happening. It was that good, and uh, man was that a lot of fun. And uh, you know they got to a point where, you know, eventually made the playoffs. And during that year, uh, the one team that they had had a hell of a time with. Uh, they had won their division, the Ottawa Senators. And uh, Hashik, Dominic Hashik, was, of course, the goaltender there. Um, and they also had, um, God, what was his name? Uh, the goaltender that played, um, it'll come to me in a second, folks. But, uh, um, you know, either way, that, that year, they, uh, the Senators had just dominated the Sabres. Every time they played them, it was a smoke show. You know, score four, five, six goals. And Sabres looked like they had just no business being there, you know. And, um, you know, so, so things had progressed, you know, things had progressed a little bit. And uh, during the season, they had finally played them. They had finally played them at one time, and they beat them. They beat them in a shootout. And actually, Thomas Vanek, Thomas Vanek did it around the world. I'll never forget it. I was, I feel like I was there, but I wasn't. Um, but Thomas Vanek did an around the world move in a shootout, and I believe... If I'm not mistaken, that was the game winner against Dominic Kashuk. It was a beautiful goal. You know, if you're not familiar with it, just look up Thomas Vanek around the world Hashik on YouTube, and it'll pop up, and you'll see it yourself. It was beautiful. It stopped Dominic just 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 stopped him in his tracks, which was really cool. Um, but anyway, so the, so the Sabers progressed through the season, and, and again, everybody's everybody's aware of what the Sabers are doing now. Nobody nobody thought they were going to do anything, but not only they're you know where they they 
making things happen, but they were going to make the playoffs. And it was the first time Buffalo had been in the playoffs in a couple of years. And uh, I was fortunate enough to go to game one. Uh, it was the Sabres versus the Flyers. And uh, I still, to this day, remember the complete experience that um, that I had that night. Uh, I actually went with a friend of mine who was a season ticket holder, a uh, dear friend of mine who I've been friends with uh, for, my God, over 20 years now. Um, Christ, we're coming up on 20, uh, 26 years as friends. And uh, James Malin, I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking me to that game. Um, it was really awesome. And, again, it's something that has, uh, has stayed with me now. Um, well, we're going on uh, 16 years, you know, and I think about that. I can remember the, remember the night exactly. I remember where we went before and had drinks. And, uh, of course, went into the arena, and, uh, you know, we went up our seats. James had great seats in 300 level. They are almost right at center ice. And uh, got to see the goals back and forth. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome, you know. And uh, we, that was, of course, the game where uh, Brian Campbell had absolutely destroyed R.J. Umberger. I mean, destroyed R.J. Umberger. And I remember the feeling, being inside the, the arena, which I think at that time it was HSBC, being inside the arena, the sound, the explosion that happened inside the arena when that happened was like, holy shit. It really, I mean, that's how it felt for me, I know. Like, holy shit, he just... Fuck that guy up at the line really bad, and he's not moving, and there was just, the crowd was going crazy, absolutely crazy. And I'll remember that, and I'll remember that, that moment, that was awesome, and I, I look forward to being able to tell my kids about it someday. That's how strong of a moment it was. But, you know, that game ended up going to overtime, and I remember after the third period, as we were going into overtime... Um, I ble- and I believe it was a single overtime. I don't think we went double overtime that game, but I remember we snuck down to the 100 levels. We went down, grabbed a beer, and we snuck down the 100 level because there were people that had left. God knows why they left, but they had left. And, um, you know, came one of the fucking playoffs. How do you leave the game? You know what I mean? But that's besides the point. Shame on the folks that were there in Western New York that did that at the time. I hope they regret it forever. You know, but... Um, but yeah, man, you know, the, the, the it went to overtime, and I remember we went down to the 100 level, and I don't remember what section. I want to say it was probably 105, 106. We were right in the corner. And, of course, just a few minutes later, Jokenhecht, Hecht, Jokenhecht, whatever, Jokenhecht, came around right by the boards, threw it out in front, and, of course, none other than Daniel Briere right out in front to tap it in, and boom. The arena goes nuts, okay? The arena goes nuts. The Sabres have not only played their first playoff game in a few years, but they won their first playoff game, okay? They won against the Flyers. And the Flyers had always been a heated rival. It was a uh, Stanley Cup matchup back in the 70s when the Sabres had made it, and there had always been fused over the years with, you know... um, it, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy night, and I remember the party afterwards, running out of the arena, going out like the back stairwell, and running through the plaza there, and, you know, the statue is there, a statue of, um, you know, the French Connection out in front, and everybody's cheering, and everybody's excited, and everybody's ready to party, and man, what a moment. What an absolute moment. Seriously. Something I'll never forget. Never forget, and I'm excited right now just talking about it. That's how excited I am about it. So, you know, again, for anybody that was there, incredible. Okay? So, of course, Game 2 happened in the playoffs, and we're not going to go through every single game, but I'm pointing that out because the Sabres turned on the Jets. They end up pounding 
the Philadelphia Flyers. I believe it was 8-2. to two. Goal after goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We won eight. That's right. That's the cheer that was going around in the stadium that day. Cheer that was going on in the arena. Everybody was excited. Sabres were crushing them. Going up 2 nothing, headed into Philadelphia. Well, the Sabres ended up taking that game and in, in, uh, taking that series in six six games. Uh, they did lose in Philly a couple times and went back and forth, and you know they end up they end up pulling it off. Um, and then, of course, round two, one of the most um, memorable things. Again, that that playoff run in 05-06 was awesome. It was awesome. So much fun. That was the year. That was the year that Buffalo Sabres. It was the year the Buffalo Sabres were ready to not only take it to the next level, but finally break the curse of Buffalo and win a championship. That was the year. And, of course, the Senators game was so memorable. That game won in Ottawa. The Sabres end up winning in overtime. Back and forth goals. Back and forth and back and forth. And um, Connolly shined so much in that game. Tim Connolly, boy, what would have happened if he stayed healthy? You know what I mean? Um, just... Such a sad, sad story, but Connolly rocked that game. That first game, Connolly rocked it. Of course, Chris Drury ends up scoring the goal in overtime. Botched defensive play by the Ottawa defenseman in his own zone. Greer passes it over. Game over. one nothing Sabres. And it went on and on, and I remember Game 3 is one of my favorite overtime goals of all time. Taylor Pyatt intercepts the puck on the boards, about mid center ice or so. Takes it into the center zone. Flips a pass over to J.P. Dumont. And it's a sloppy one. <laughs> it's not a nice pass. It's a terrible pass. It's kind of wavy and saucer pass, you know. But Pyatt got it over there, and Dumont catches it, drops it, slaps it over the shoulder of Ray Emery. 3 nothing Sabres in the series. And then, of course, they end up going on and, and taking that series in five games with the famous, you know, you know, these guys are good, scary good. That famous call by Rick Jenneret and Jason Pominville going around and just making that defenseman. I think it might have been Chara. Just absolutely freaking terrible. Walked right around. I mean, what is going on there? You know, so we're going to... And, of course, they went on to the next round. And that Carolina series was a lot of fun, unfortunately. The Sabres, due to a rest, um, you know, bunch of injuries that happened, just couldn't quite, uh, couldn't quite things going. But, you know, since then... You know, 0607. Now, 0607 was another dominant year because they won the President's Trophy that year. I'm not going to talk about 0607 because, um, to be honest, I don't think that was the better of the two years. Um, Sabres came a lot, had a lot of comeback uh, wins that year, and um, they were good. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, they were good. President's Trophy, uh, President's Trophy winner uh, is obviously no slouch. Um, but there was something about that year that didn't feel right to me, and. Um, you know, I remember even against the Islanders series, you know, the, the year before, when they scored, boy, it just felt like we had control. It was our destiny. This was our destiny to make this happen. And then, of course, we fast forward here and, uh, you know, get to the, 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 the series against Ottawa, Eastern Conference Finals, and they just can't, you know, they just can't keep up. Um, you know, Daniel Alfredson, I remember, walked in and scored a goal. Like, it was like, where the hell it was, everybody? Miller, terrible, terrible attempt at saving. And it was just so frustrating. Everybody wanted 
everybody just thought that this was it. You know, this was finally it. And um, unfortunately, it was not. It was very frustrating. And, you know, ever since then, of course, the debacle of free agency the following year, July 1st, the famous July 1st in uh, in 2007, of course, when not only Chris Drury leaves the team, but also Daniel Briere, and the team is nothing but a shell. They end up overpaying for Drew, uh, for Thomas Vanek, who I love. I love Thomas Vanek, but they overpaid for him. And, uh, you know, that just really sucked because you look back at it, and um, I don't know that I would have given that up uh, looking back at it. You know, they, they had so many. I think Edmonton had made a pick. They would have had, like, I don't know, three or four first-round picks, and Edmonton was terrible. You know, and Vanek, I don't think Vanek would have changed Edmonton enough to alter those draft picks to make them not worth it. I think you would have been getting top five players. Who knows if Sabres would make the right pick. Lord knows they haven't been able to do much of that lately anyways, you know. So, you know, we fast forward. I'm going to hit the fast forward button here on the Sabres. I'm going to skip through, of course, 2011. I remember before they made the playoffs, they played the Flyers again. I remember Vanek, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was game five, had an unbelievable game. I think he scored a hat trick. Um, they still end up losing that. Vili Lano scored that goal, and um, and then of course they went on to Game uh, Seven, if I'm not mistaken, and ended up losing uh, in terrible fashion against the Flyers. But I'm going to fast forward all the way to now because, to be honest, it's not worth talking about all those other seasons. And and this is where you're going to have a little bit more of edge come out on me, uh, a little bit more of my edge going to come out here during the podcast about the Buffalo Sabers and what I think of the Buffalo Sabers and how what I think the Sabers need to do to get out of this terrible, terrible losing funk. Okay, so this is where we're going to start. We're going to start right now. Okay, this is what we're going to fast forward to right now. We got Eichel. Jack Eichel, I don't know what is going on with Jack. I think there's more to it than just the injury. To be honest, I think he's um, he's he's conducting himself in a way that, you know, he looks like a child. He's acting like a child. I understand that you're frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm a fan. I've been a fan a lot longer than you've been on that team, buddy. I'm a fan. I'm really frustrated. The city is frustrated. I'm sure even ownership is frustrated. That's another story which we'll get to in a few minutes. Everybody's frustrated. But when you're drafted that high, you get paid the money you're getting paid. It's your responsibility. You signed the contract. And don't tell me it's about your neck or your back or whatever the hell's wrong with you right now, Jack. Don't tell me about it. Okay? Any decision that goes to your health goes a part of the team, too. And if the team doesn't think you should have the surgery, then they don't they don't think you should have the surgery. you got to move on. Find a different way, whether it's rehab or something else. There's got to be another way. There has to be other ways because nobody has done this surgery before, if I'm not mistaken. In hockey. I'm really pissed off with the Jack Eichel thing. I don't know. Some days I wake up, I want to keep him, slap him around a little bit, but keep him. And then there's some days I feel like I need to wake up and start calling myself to start making deals to get this guy the hell out of Western New York. And that's terrible because I never thought that we would get to the point where we'd be feeling that way. Okay? But Jack acts like a little bitch. He does. Pardon my usage of language there, but okay? He does. He acts like a little bitch. Honestly, right now I'm more concerned about keeping Sam Reinhardt on this team. We have more young players coming up. Dylan Cousins especially, okay? 
I need them to learn from guys that are dedicated, that give their all all the time, a good team leader, and that's Sam Reinhart. Don't forget, folks, Sam Reinhart was picked number two overall. We're not talking about some guy that we just picked up and he's some scrub. It's not Cody Eakin, okay? Sorry, Cody, but it is what it is. Sam Sam's a big part of what the Buffalo Sabres have been. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of negative about it, but they've been good. They've There's been good moments with Sam, and I feel like the last year and a half, Sam looks like a different player, a player that now I feel like we need to have on our team versus a couple years ago, I don't know that I felt that way. I don't know that I felt that way about Sam, but I do now. Jack, meh, not really sure. Ask me tomorrow. I'll tell you my opinion tomorrow. Right now, I don't have any fucking opinion about it. What else are the Sabres going to do? We have the expansion draft coming up in a couple of days. I see the players that will be available for the expansion team. We're talking about an expansion team, folks. And this really caught everybody off guard with Las Vegas. Because usually expansion teams, maybe you get a top draft pick. But it should take a little time to build your team. You shouldn't come in the first year and already be a contender. Like the Golden Knights did a couple years ago. How the fuck did that work out? Incredible, right? I love Las Vegas. I love watching them. I I was hoping that they were going to play Tampa Bay this year. I think that was going to be the better of the two series. Montreal had no business being in there. But that's another story for another day. We're focusing on the Sabres right now. (laughs) The reason I bring up the Seattle Kraken is, in the expansion draft, is because somehow, some way, this team who technically barely even exists right now, doesn't even have a single player on the team, there's a very good chance late Wednesday night that their team will already be better than my team. Now, I'm sorry. I have a problem with that, okay? I really do have a problem with that. Now, it's not Seattle's fault. My problem is, why is my team so bad? Why is my team so bad? Why are things so bad? Why can't? Why is Ristolainen still on the team? Why? What is the love affair with Rasmus Ristolainen? Okay, I, I like lost track of that a couple of years ago. Why is this guy still on my team? Can we trade him, please? I don't even give a shit what we get now. Just get him out of here. It seems like every time I watch him, he's doing more negative than good. Like, why, why do I want that guy on my team? Because he's been here a long time? It's coincidence. We've had a lot of shitty players. Of course he's been here a long time. What am I going to do? Get rid of him and then pick up some Joe Schmo off the, off the street? People aren't exactly lining up here to come to Western New York to play for the Buffalo Sabres. The Pagulas are a complete shit show. Terry should be ashamed of himself. He needs to take his wife out of the management position and get her the fuck out of everything. Don't be involved, Kim. Find something else within the organization. We'll find you something, I promise. You're my wife. You're not going to be the manager or whatever the hell her title is, okay? Because frankly, since she's been there, nothing's good's happened. It's been bad, 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 worse, bad, bad, worse, bad, bad, worse. Okay? That's how bad it is. Kim Pagula needs to get out. I feel like they got out of the bills, and all of a sudden they found some good management, and boom, they made it happen. I love Granado. I like the fact they brought Granado back. He needs definitely deserves a chance. I felt like he improved the team a lot. Yes, were they pretty bad? They were pretty bad, you know, under the previous coach, but they made... 
good moves, and what I really noticed was most importantly was Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin looked like the Rasmus Dahlin we drafted when Granado was his coach. Dipsy doodles around the other defensemen, wingers, just making guys miss, going in, taking it from one end to another. That's what we drafted Rasmus Dahlin for, folks. That's what we drafted him for. That's what we drafted him for. These last couple years have been terrible. They put him in positions a guy can't succeed. What the hell's going on? Why is that happening? It shouldn't happen that way. What do the Sabres do now? As I said, I'm, I'm more concerned about keeping San Reinhardt on my team right now than I am concerned about keeping Jack Eichel on it, and that's terrible. That's terrible. It shouldn't. I shouldn't feel that way. Jack should be my go-to, but unfortunately he's not. He's the farthest thing from. Just seems like a crybaby. Who the hell wants a crybaby on his team? And you know what? As much as I don't care necessarily at this point, I hope that if they do move him, which it does seem like it's inevitable, it's going to happen. If they do move him, let's make sure we get what we, we, we deserve for moving a player of that guy's caliber. Please don't fuck this up. Please, please don't mess this up. Don't mess it up. Okay? It's happened so many times. I feel like the Sabres have messed things up. Let's not do it this time. Kick him out of the room. My gut feeling at this point, July 18th, do I feel like Jack Eichel will be on the team when the season starts? Um, right now... Right now, I think, yes. I don't think Jack's traded by the start of the season. Um, I have a feeling, even though there's been talk, that maybe his price, the price the Buffalo Sabres have for Jack Eichel has gone down a little bit. I heard that the other day. Um, I don't think it's gone down enough. And uh, I don't know the teams are going to pay that, especially with the question mark with his neck. Whatever the hell's going on with that, even though I, I had heard, I thought I had heard that there was going to be some sort of resolve on that soon. Hopefully that's the case, but, you know, at this point, I don't know. Like, I feel like just a second ago I thought maybe he's not getting moved, and then, you know, it wouldn't shock me. I don't really know what's going to happen. It's going to be curious to see. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. we still got a little bit of time here, about a month and a half before training camp starts for the Sabres, hockey in general. I'm excited to have hockey back. Try to have fans in the stadium, despite there probably won't be any in um, the Sabres uh, arena, just because they're so damn terrible. Um, but, you know, what is it about the Sabres? What can the Sabres do to get better? You know, what do they have to do to get better? You know, that's that's the question mark. You know, what, what do they have to do to make things better on this team? Because right now, things are far from good. You know, things are far from good. I'm trying to go back and watch. You know, I watch goals from... You know, I watched plays from last year with Jack, uh, even the previous year. And, um, you know, um, I don't... God, I wish we could get some... I wish we could get some players that could jive well with Jack and make things happen. Um, like, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a YouTube video of Jack, um, you know, making some moves. And the guy's unbelievable. I see that. It's unbelievable. But I don't know that I still want the guy in that team. He seems like a little piss pot. I don't want piss pots on my team. I need professional athletes that want to guide and want to direct. And right now it doesn't seem like that's happening. 
It's not happening, okay? So, you know, will the Sabres lose anybody? Man, it would be nice if somebody took that Skinner or Ocposo contract, wouldn't it? God, would it be nice. Um, but I doubt that's going to happen. There's a lot of other prize-free agents. I can't believe Carey Price is available. Anybody else shocked by that? I realize the guy's got a big contract, but Jesus, Montreal just made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. How the hell did you think you got there? How the hell did you think you got there? Carey Price. That's the only reason you got there without Carey Price. You're, you're exactly where you belong. Not in the playoffs. You know, I mean... That doesn't make sense to me. Um, the guy out in uh, St. Louis. Another guy. Why do they make him available? Um, God, what is his name? Uh, Kovalsenko or something like that? Let me see here. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this up while we're on here, folks. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for being patient. Let's see. Where is that player's name? Tarasenko. Tarasenko left unprotected. One of the best players on the St. Louis Blues. Now, I'm not talking about St. Louis. I'm not talking about Montreal. I don't care about those teams. What I'm talking about, how the hell is Seattle Kraken going to have an opportunity to be better than my Buffalo Sabres? Just out the gate. That sucks. You know, that sucks. I don't know what the Sabres have to do. I'm so frustrated with it. It's tough to watch it. I'm watching highlights right now of Eichel. Just scored a great goal in Detroit. <sighs> Man, I just don't know what else to say anymore with that guy. I don't know what else to say anymore. And I know I'm kind of rambling right now. I'm, I'm just I'm frustrated, folks. I'm really frustrated with the way the Sabres have been. Uh, especially now that you see the Bills doing well. Man, why can't the Sabres get a little slice of that? Get somebody in charge and know what the hell they're doing. Again, get Kim Pagula out of the organization. Put her in charge of something else. She's the owner's wife, for Christ's sake. She can do whatever she wants. I'm watching Eichel move in right now against Vegas. Woo! Mingia, that was nice. Holy cow. Goes right around the defenseman. Five hole on Flurry, And that's, that's a pretty one. That's a pretty goal. But... You know, folks, I, I'm not going to ramble too much tonight. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit again. The expansion draft coming up on Wednesday. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just don't know what else to do with my team anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I look forward to hockey every year. I get excited about hockey. Um, I look forward. I'll look forward to the Sabres even if they do nothing. Even if they trade everybody away, I'll still watch. I love this team. But, man... Can we, can we find a way to get ourselves competitive again? Can we find a way to get ourselves competitive? You know, man, Eichel just moved in on the wing, coming up towards the face-off circle, and just ripped one right over the Ottawa goaltender's shoulder. It's a pretty goal. I don't know if that was from last year or the year before. No, it was the year before we got fans in the stadium, but, man, that was damn good. That's all I'm going to say to cap off the night, folks. Think about what we can do. Think about what the Sabres can do. What would you do if you were in charge? What would you do to make the team different? Make the team better? Okay? You trade Eichel away. I package Eichel and Ristolainen because I feel like Ristolainen has more value when he's in a trade package with somebody. Okay? You trade Eichel and Ristolainen 
Hopefully get yourself another center back, another defenseman, two first-round picks, and I, I think that should be safe. You know, I know they're looking for, you know, a first, a second, a defenseman, a this, a that. I mean, come on, let's be realistic, folks. Okay, it's realistic. If you want to move the guy, package him in Ristolainen. Maybe you get two forwards, you know, maybe you get two defensemen in it. Man, Eichel's another one that gets a center. is Mingy right over the freaking shoulder. Hallelujah. What a goal that was, huh? Maybe I don't want to trade Jack after all, <laughs> watching these goals go down. But, folks, thanks for listening in to Joey D's Den. Tonight, just talking about the Buffalo Sabres and how I feel like a loser. <laughs> they make me feel like a loser because they are losers. They can't get their shit straight. Hope it gets better soon. Hope you all had a great, great weekend. Work week's coming up. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully you have a good start off to the week. We'll be doing another cast, another podcast in the next coming day, in the next couple of days. And also, we may even have... Haven't confirmed it yet, but we may even have a special guest on one of the podcasts next week. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I think it's going to be a delight to have that person on. And I look forward to doing it as long as we can line things up. Um, and he knows who he is because we were just talking about it today. So once again, folks, hope you had a nice drink. Maybe you had something. What were you drinking tonight? I had a Holland, which is a knockoff from Aldi's. It's a lager similar to Heineken. A lot cheaper than Heineken. And uh, it's not too bad. That's what I'm having. I don't know what you had. Hopefully it was something good. Thank you for listening to Joey D's Den tonight. Talking about the Buffalo Sabres and all the frustrations. We welcome you back with me, Joey D, here in Joey D's Den.